the fans who want to keep pounding. The ones who want an inside look at the vault. This, 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 this is views from Street. Now, here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. So, what lessons do we take away from this game? Uh, number one, blocking Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett is really, really hard to do. All right? And, and, and I got news for you. The Carolina Panthers aren't going to be the only team that struggles blocking Clowney and Garrett. All right? They're just not. That's a really good set of defensive ends. In fact, it is to the point that... I have seen Panthers fans on social media over the past, what, 22 hours since that game ended. We're recording this Monday afternoon, about 1.30 in the afternoon. In the last 22 hours or so, I have seen a lot of Panthers fans going, same old problems, right? Same old offensive line, same old issues. And yeah, it is the same issues. But to say there's not a different feel, I disagree. You got to keep in mind. It is a brand new offensive line. Some of the same guys, but we're playing in different positions. Uh, Pat Elflin, we talked about his, uh, him on our show earlier. Four botched snaps between Pat and Bake. Four of them. That is four too many. In an NFL game, if you have one, it happens. If you have two, not a great day at the office. If you have more than two, you just have a problem. And you disagreed with me on this earlier, though, but... I absolutely mark a part of that up to when you don't name a guy your starting quarterback until after week two of the preseason, when you have your guy going in there and playing eight or nine snaps at most against a live full tilt opposition defense, you're going to have mechanics problems. And I think this was very simply a breakdown of mechanics. We do have to mention that Matt Rule said a number of weeks ago that Bradley Bozeman was going to be the starting center. I thought he was out of the boot and ready to go. I don't know if this was a decision or if there was just more to that story than we thought there was going to be. Either way, I don't think that Baker and Pat had enough time to get on the same page to prevent mechanics breakdowns. And in a game, though, where literally one play was the difference, to have four botch snaps is a problem. All right. I put part of that problem on Baker and part of it on F-Line. Uh, probably, probably more on F-Line than Baker. But again, Baker is a little nervous, a little hyped up. He didn't act like he was in the first half, but you could tell he was. He wanted to beat that team really bad. And some of it was... It could be lack of repetition, but I think it was more about nerves. I think that's going to uh, it's going to ease in the games to come, but it may not be elf line that's centering the ball. As far as the line blocking itself, I thought they did pretty good, especially once uh, once you, they got into the second half. Yeah, that first half was rough, and it was going to be, and it and the and the Browns are going to do that to a lot of people, and they did that last year too. They're not a horrible defense. They've got some really good players, and it takes a while. As someone who used to play on the offensive line, it used it takes a while to gel as a line. And practice helps, but it's not the same as in a game. They're going to get better each week as they go. Uh, once that thing is completely solidified, I, I hate seeing the quarterback uh, center exchange being a problem, but it wasn't just this game. It was happening all over the NFL. 
Yeah, and again, it's week one, man. We've talked about this a lot of times. Almost every single football coach that has ever football coached is going to tell you the biggest improvement that any team will see is between week one and week two, right? Because it's not just, you can't simulate live action like game day, right? Uh, I had a conversation with a former South Carolina Gamecock before the season started during preseason who was like, you know, the NFL just needs to scrap preseason, right? Like just have these guys go out and do a full tilt scrimmage against each other on an open field at a facility three times and then be ready. And and my argument was no. You need preseason. It is the best you can do to simulate a game environment without having a game, right? Without having a game that counts. This is exactly why. This type of thing is exactly why. Let's talk about very briefly the other side of the football. Let's talk about the defense because about eight, nine, ten minutes into this game, I think we kind of all had the thought of, well, the defense is going to have to carry us, right? Because the offense is taking time to get its groove, to find itself. And they did, but the defense has to carry us. Look, here's the silver lining. I don't care what team you talk about. The Carolina Panthers will not face another duo of running backs as good as the two they faced on Sunday for the rest of the season. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are two really good backs. Either one of them would start on pretty much any other team in the league. There are some teams you're going to play against that have a really good one back, right? Leonard Fournette at Tampa look good, or at uh, at Tampa look good against Dallas. Alvin Kamara in New Orleans. Mark Ingram's not the guy that he used to be. Just a reminder, Kareem Hunt was a starter for the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs, and then they let him go yep. uh, because of circumstances outside of football. So it isn't like he hasn't been a starter before. So technically, you got two starters back yeah, there. 100%. 100%. That's the best one-two punch you're going to see. You're going to get a spell against other teams, right? When Fournette comes out, you're going to get a spell. When Kamara comes out, you're going to get a spell. You're not going to face another one-two back. That being said, I don't care who you're playing. I don't care who the starter is. If you let a team average 5.6 yards per carry on the ground against you, that's a problem. NFL teams do their darndest to get to an average of four yards a carry. That's kind of like the target mark is between 3.8 to 4.2 yards per carry. That's the target mark. You gave up well over a full yard more than that per carry. That's icing, man. That's just just free money for the Browns. That can't happen. And again, you know, we talked about this this morning. Cleveland's probably a better team than we're giving them credit for. And this is not, oh, they beat us, therefore we have to talk about how great they are. They just are. There's a reason this team next year with Sean Watson is going to be a playoff Las Vegas odds-on favor. I am I am sure of it, right? Yeah, to, to that end, if Deshaun Watson was out there, there were some passes that Jacoby Brissett in the first half left on the carpet yep. that Deshaun probably hits. Yep. Oh, we lose by a touchdown and a half if, if, if Deshaun Watson's the quarterback here. But that's kind of the point. When we broke down over the last two pods – when we broke down what we saw, what we expected out of Carolina's schedule, this game had to be won. 
Had to be one. If you want to get to that eight and nine, preferably nine and eight mark, and I think both of us said nine games is probably wild card quality, right? You want a wild card spot, you need nine. This had to be one of them. Had to be one of them. It has been 84 years since the Cleveland Browns won an opening week game. This had to be one of those wins. And again, we got screwed by the officiating. I'm not going to not say that. But you don't help yourself when you allow 217 yards on 39 attempts. You don't help yourself. Listen, Jacoby Brissett did not have a stellar day. We've all talked about Jacoby Brissett. 18 of 34 for 147 and one touchdown. That's not a great day. That's a relatively pedestrian day in the National Football League. The problem is that Chubb went for 141 and averaged 6.4 when he touched the football. Hunt went 46 and a touch, averaged 4.2 towards the upper end of that target mark. That's not good enough defensively for the unit that we thought was going to be the heart and soul of this team, the front seven. So they had real problems stopping the Browns rushing the football. All right, so last week... Uh, I forget which pod we were on when I talked about this, that it was after the last preseason game that I was concerned about the run defense. And then they went up against a team with really good run defense. I mean, run offense. And the defense had to had to try to stop them. And they really, really struggle with that. It's going to be a problem going forward. I don't know what you do to fix it. Except for... Maybe you score enough points to where that particular offense has to abandon the run. I mean, that's one way to get them to curb back on the running is if you're ahead by a couple touchdowns. Maybe that's maybe the best defense in this case for the Carolina Panthers is to score more touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, typically, uh, and I'm going to go John Madden on this, typically a really good way to win football games is to score more points than your opponent. Like, that's a typically good way to do it. Uh, however, the inverse is still true. It's also to stop them from scoring as many points yeah, as you but, do. Yeah, but listen, if you're up by 14 points, that team is not going to run the ball nearly as much. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, it, it, listen, if you go back, you go back, the, the score of the first quarter was 0-0, right? Put seven up on the board. It's already a different game. You put up, uh, you, you allow them to put up 17 in the second quarter. You went down in halftime. You went down into the locker room by 10. If you flip that score and you come out of the tunnel up 10, then all of a sudden Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt can't do as much, right? Like the whole game plan for the Cleveland Browns was to allow Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb to carry the ball enough that they never had to rely on Jacoby Brissett. Right, And then what happened late in the game when they did start to rely on Jacoby Brissett? Didn't look like they were guaranteed a dub. In fact, they needed to get bailed out by a couple of whistles in order to steal that dub away from Carolina. If you can flush that out earlier, score a couple more or stop them from scoring one or two more, it's an entirely different game in the fourth quarter because now Jacoby Brissett has to go out there and win the game. You didn't you didn't create a situation where Brissett had to win the game, uh, which is which is, I mean, disappointing honestly. So you know what do we want to see next week? I'm going to start with Lonzo. 
I need more aggression out of the front seven. I mean, Brian Burns and company have got to attack. I'll tell you who I really appreciated was Xavier Woods, who had, I think, 10 tackles in that game. Brian had eight. Jeremy Chin had seven. Uh, LeVu had six. So did Shaq Thompson. JC and Derek Brown had five. I need Derek Brown. I need more out of him, too, if we're being honest. I need more out of DB. But to me, you've just got to shut down the run game, right? Now, if you can't do it against Cleveland, what are you going to do? I mean, Daniel Jones ain't great, but he's better than Jacoby Brissett. And if you can't do it against Cleveland, how are you going to stop Saquon with DJ throwing the ball better as an available option than Jacoby Brissett? It does definitely pose a problem, and it goes back to what I, what I'm talking about. I'm sure we're going to get to this in a moment, but you score more points, and then Daniel Jones has to beat you. And, and I'm better with that than Saquon Barkley beating you. Hashtag correct. Hashtag very correct. Hashtag most correct thing said so far. I'd rather DJ do it with his arm than Saquon do it with the tree trunks he has of legs. But in order to make that happen, you have got to stop Saquon from blowing you out early. The second thing is, and again, it's one game, so we don't necessarily know what the rhythm of this Panthers offense is going to be. But if it is a team that takes a handful of series to get into their rhythm, get into their routine, you got to give them time, right? You cannot allow that team to control the time of possession. And the Browns did early. If they control the time of possession, it means that your offense is not getting out there, is not spending the time necessary out there uh, in, in, in order to, to develop that routine, in order to, 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 to develop that rhythm that they need to get there. And Yeah, but there's some what-ifs there. There's, there's some what-ifs. What if part of this is the fact that Baker was going up against his old team and the entire team felt that because the entire the entire Panthers team knew that that's what they were doing. And I think there's a bit of nerves there. And the other thing is, it's the first game. And there was a big difference between the first half and the second half for the Panthers. I don't disagree with that either. Uh, take a stab at this. So let's, let's play the views from Mint Street Home Edition. 60 available minutes. What was the time of possession for the Carolina Panthers in this game? 20 21 minutes and 34 seconds that means out of every three minutes of the game Cleveland owned two full of them you can't do that you can't do that it it means that they're running the ball well on you it means your defense is, is staying on the field too much the higher their time of possession this may shock you I'm really good at math that means the higher number of minutes your defense is having to play Part of the reason they were tired at the end is because they were out there for 40 actual minutes of game time. That's too many minutes. It is. You've got to cut that in half. You really do.